Hallelujah. And he's here today. First John chapter 5. This is a familiar verse of Scripture. And we have preached on this, but we don't, we don't go in depth and we never preach the fullness. We touch many of the highlights and, uh, and we come back to things because we want to get it deep down in our spirit. We want to get it down inside of us until it becomes part of us. Amen. Uh, I, I want to talk about overcomers overcoming today. Not overcoming to become an overcomer, but recognizing that you're an overcomer and deciding that since you're an overcomer, you're going to overcome. And before we read from 1 John chapter 4, chapter 5, I'm sorry, chapter 5 and verse 4 and 5, let me quote just a little bit from Ephesians 6, a misunderstood scripture many times that we need to understand, we need to get it right. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, and most of you are familiar with this. We argue not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places, and the rulers of the darkness of this world. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you might be able to stand, having done all stand. And then it enumerates every piece of the armor that is available to us. And then... After you put on the armor, first is the adversary. Say the adversary. We argue not against flesh and blood. What did the scripture say? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of imaginations, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. There's nothing that religious flesh can do against this adversary in order to overcome. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It, our adversary is a spiritual adversary. Don't ever... Don't... We... we don't ever just see the flesh and blood part, the material part. Bosses will get down on you for no reason. Amen. I worked out there in the secular world, bivocational, uh, you know, for 12 years. And it was kind of good for me to get out of clergy world for a little while. And you're going to find people that will just they'll, just, they'll just be mad at you for no reason. And you're going to find that in your family circle, there's going to be problems. People you can't get away from. At least when you punch out at the job, you can go home and, and try to get it off your mind. But your family, everybody say, diddle-diddle-dum. diddle Now, Jesus put it this way. He said, there's going to be fathers because of me. Because somebody's going to receive me and somebody's not going to receive me, there's going to be a rift in that family right then and there. Yes, Fathers and mothers, sons and daughters, children and parents. And he said, your enemies shall be they of your own household. And if we try to just... But our argument isn't with the person arguing with us. Amen? Don't, don't let the devil cause you to see it in those terms. Because that's flesh and blood, isn't it? They're flesh and blood. Paul went to places that the devil stirred up people against him. People wanted to kill him. They hated him. 
At one point, they had to put him in a basket and let him down over the wall. Everybody say the adversary. We need to understand there is a hierarchy under Satan of spiritual entities, demons and, and princes of darkness. And they're, they're here. They're in this world. You, you ask yourself, psychologists, sociologists, they can't explain why somebody walks into a theater they like to figure out what's going on in his head. What happened? Did he not get his, his, his red Schwinn bicycle when he was a child? And since he didn't get his red Schwinn bicycle, hey folks, I got news for you. There's a lot of us didn't get that red Schwinn bicycle. Amen? I grew up, we was poor. Did anything know about anything about growing up poor? We didn't have inside plumbing. That's poor. Amen. Did, how many had inside plumbing? Wow, you rich folks in here. I'm in a church full of rich folk. Amen. We, 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 we didn't have the money for inside plumbing. We grew up poor. All friends of mine, what a blessing it is to have indoor plumbing. Go to the mission field sometimes. When you not only don't have inside plumbing, you don't. You see, one of the things you don't think to take with you because you're so used to inside plumbing is toilet paper. I mean, this is very practical. Brother Spain, the evangelist, used to come preach with us. We went to Haiti together. We slept in tents out under the stars in order to preach there. Brother, you know, brother, he, he, I saw he was fidgeting. It had been eight hours. We had been on, on eight hours going back into a place near Babylon where voodoo was very, very strong to preach the gospel. Had 10,000 people come and not one automobile. They all had to walk to come to the, to the place that they had set up with a, with a gas-operated generator to run the sound system to preach the gospel. Ten. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not, not evangelistically speaking. Amen. I'm a pastor so and an evangelist. And all of those people came to hear the gospel. And I'm going to tell you, when that many people come because they're hungry to hear about God, the Holy Ghost moves. I, you talk about feeling and sensing the presence of God. It's church folks on, not you folks, but don't take it personal unless it fits. You know, it's church folks on Sunday morning that's got the little brill cream attitude. Thank you, by the way. I mentioned this. That was from my day when they used to call me slick. Amen. Because I had some <laughs> greasy kid stuff in my hair. But it will help it lay if you put just you just overdo it. He bought me some brill cream. I didn't know they still had brill cream. I'm finding out if I mention something, people buy it for me. Escalade, Escalade. I don't know. Just came to my mind. I I don't know. I was just no. I'm not carling out. No, no. This lady right here, if she was rich, she'd buy me an Escalade, drive it up here. I'd trade it in, get me two Dodge Rams. Uh. God is good today. There's victory in Jesus today. We, we have an adversary and the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. People are arguing with one another. People are trying to argue with the world. They're trying to get their point across. Listen, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We're dealing with the God of this world who has... Listen, we're, we're going we're gonna to shift gears here. We're, we're going to Ephesians 6.10. 
Ephesians 6.10, we argue not against flesh and blood. We argue not against flesh and blood. When you're trying to share Christ with someone that is blinded by the devil, they cannot see what you're saying. Even though what you're saying is absolutely true, Amen. The Word of God is, it can illuminate them. It can open those blinded eyes. But initially, it's not about telling them the truth. It's not about sharing your witness. It's not about sharing your testimony. It is about binding the one that is blinding them. Billy Graham may not put it in Pentecostal terms, but Billy Graham will not come to a city back when he was holding crusades. He will not come to a city and preach. Just come because somebody has rented the arena and because the singers are going to be there. and There's going to be several churches put their choirs together. They're going to practice to do the singing. And because some uh, great singer... And, or, or his own personal singer, George Beverly Shea, is going to sing, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. And choirs united at the end of the service are going to sing just as I am, but without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me and that thou bids me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. All of those ingredients can be in place. He won't come. Because he knows the message of the gospel cannot be comprehended by people that are blinded by the devil unless the scales fall from those eyes. For the God of this world, He knew by experience, He found out that I can preach the truth from the Word and have all the necessary ingredients for people to hear and heed the gospel, but they won't get saved. They won't see the kingdom. They won't come to Christ. Unless there is intercession that precedes my preaching. Let me tell you a little secret about ministers statistically. The average pastor, I'd like to be above average, but the average pastor in America, according to the polls that are, you don't sign these things. You just, you just tell the truth so they can get some honesty. Praise about 15 to 20 minutes a week. His personal prayer life is almost empty. He's just too busy to intercede. Too busy to pray for you. Too busy to pray for the lost. Too busy to have a personal. And that's why so many are leaving the ministry. 1,700 Pastors will walk out of the pulpit and go back into the secular world for work. You say, brother, some of them obviously were not called. Some of them obviously were not. But some of them were. Because they fainted. The victory did not come. Because they're not arguing with that that board. They're not arguing with their wife at home. They're not arguing with, with that person that's given them such trouble at church you know what the argument's with it's with powers and listen every time you the gospel is preached whether people acknowledge it or not spiritual warfare occurs you know why because the gospel has the power to save you know something every time you bear witness to jesus spiritual warfare is occurring Can you say, man, it's got to occur. Amen. If it didn't, everybody that heard the gospel would get saved. 
Amen. But why don't they? Because you're telling the truth. You're appointed to do it and you're anointed to do it. Not just me. Well, why don't they? The Bible said there's a reason. The God of this world, Satan, and his hierarchy of demon forces that are in place. The God of this world has blinded the minds of men lest they would see the glory of the gospel. Their lost condition and how precious it is and powerful it is to have salvation offered through Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? But the God of this world, this fallen world, has blinded the minds of men lest they would see the glory of the gospel and they would get saved. Billy Graham knows that. He said if you don't, are not willing to get prayer groups together in your churches and pray for one year, before I come, I'm not coming. I'm not going to spin my wheels. I'm not going to think that some grand production of the gospel is going to take the place of winning this war for the minds and then the heart and then the will and then the, 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 the destiny of the human soul. Billy Graham never preached a complicated message. He never ran around the stadium. Amen. The message he preached, most of you could tell somebody. Because it's all about Jesus and the cross and what he did at the cross. And that you can be saved if you repent of your sin and trust Christ. And he preached it over and over and over and over again. And over and over and over again. At the end of that message, here they came. Can you say, man? Did all of them get saved? No. Billy Graham Association said that about... After one year, then they did the follow-up. Only about 10% were in church following Christ, seeking to serve God. Well, I'm going to tell you something. 10% of that big old crowd is worth every effort that was made. Many are called, but few are chosen. But thank God for those that did come to know Jesus as their Savior. Can you say man? Hallelujah. John 3.16 was the, the primary scripture as the basis for all of that preaching and teaching. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on Him would not perish but have eternal life. And here they come. Why? A simple gospel. Bringing so many people to Jesus. Can you say man? Why? 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 Because one year of effective intercession binding the God of this world that is blinding the minds of men so that they could see what they could never see until those scales fall from their eyes. You know what the Bible said in, about you and I as Christians? It starts with revelation. It starts with illumination. Amen. You have to see your lost condition. And you have to see the wonderful salvation that's in Christ before you can truly get saved. And after you were illuminated, you're a threat to the devil. Hebrews 6, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32. You know what it said? It said, after you were illuminated. Everybody say illuminated. illuminated. Remember that great Christian song? I saw the light. I saw the light. No more darkness. No more night. There had to be a revelation somewhere. And flesh and blood did not bring the revelation. 
Jesus turned to Peter, who do men say that I am? Some say you're Elijah, come back. Some say you're Enoch. Some say you're someone else. Who do you say that I am? And of all the people to ask, the fisherman, not, not the doctor of medicine and not the tax collector, can you say man? But it's the fisherman. <laughs> Only numbers he crunches is how many fishes in that net. Can you say, man? He turns to the fishermen and said, Who do men say that I am? And he told him what their speculations were. He said, Who do you say that I am? He immediately, without skipping a beat, said, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus turned to him immediately and said, Flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you. But my Father revealed it unto you. That's spiritual revelation. And upon that true spiritual revelation from God, He said, and thou art Peter, Petros, little pebble. Make no mistake about it, Peter is not the rock on which the church was built. The church was built upon the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. Indian that God saves said, I know God loves us Indians because Jesus' name is Chief Cornerstone. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 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 He said, Thou art Peter, Petros. Everybody say pebble. And upon this Petra. <laughs> upon this Petra. Granite mountain. I will build my church. And because it's a spiritual revelation, and because it's a work of the Holy Spirit within the human heart and life, in spite of all the devil's uh, opposing minions, and by the way, his minions are not those little yellow fellows. Anybody see Despicable Me? I'm not talking about the mirror. I'm talking about the movie. You didn't see Despicable Me? I got to get you a copy. That's a funny movie, man. But those minions are not the, they're not the one. Come on, you saw Despicable Me. Come on, I need some young people to help me. I'm in here with a bunch of old people. I ain't even seen Despicable Me. Did you see Despicable Me? You, oh, he has a little sister. He don't have a, hey, I, I don't have a little sister. I have a choice, and I saw it anywho. Did you see it, brother? Oh, Lord have mercy. Oh, you're going to get it. Just. All right, you're going to get it? Well, make sure you understand that the minions in there, that, and there's even a minion movie out now, and this is the, 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 the guy that's supposed to be the baddest guy in the world that really had a tender heart, and it all works out, and it's heartwarming. Amen. But those little yellow, I'm talking about the powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places, and listen to this, the rulers of the darkness of this world. He said, you're not arguing against flesh and blood. Amen. So flesh and blood did not reveal what can only come by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. The church is not built on great preachers that have learned to be eloquent and learn to speak clearly and learn to tell you great truth. Amen. Without the anointing, the yoke will not be broken. Without the anointing, listen, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that opens the blinded eye. Can you say amen? Listen, Jesus said, Jesus said the Spirit of the Lord, He walked into the temple at 30 years of age. He didn't do anything until He was 
was 30. He waited till he was 30. You could not read from the book of the law. You could not have credibility as a minister till you were 30 years of age. You were banned from reading from the, from the old covenant and, until you are speaking in the temple till you turn 30. When Jesus turned 30, he walked into the temple, he picked up the book, and he read from the book of Isaiah chapter 61, I believe it is, and he said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for He has anointed me. Come on, we're talking about spiritual things here. We're not talking about intellect. We've got the most intellectual preachers that the world has ever turned out. The most theologically astute and trained that can explain it all to your head, but they can't get the blindness out of your eyes and they can't change your heart. Only God can do that. Amen. 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 The target is not your head primarily. It's your heart. The problem is it has to go through your head to get to your heart. The mind is the gate to the heart. That's how stuff gets in and that's how it gets out once it gets in. Hallelujah. Be not conformed to this world, this system that Satan controls and influences, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. What he has achieved already in your heart, it has to begin to change the way you think. Can you say, man, for as a man thinketh in his heart, that we're not talking about this now. We're talking, heart is interchangeable depending on how it's used in context. We're talking about the mind now. Your mind matters. And you're to be renewed after you get saved in the spirit of your mind. You Listen, as a man thinketh, so is he. So he wants to change that mindset. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen to me carefully. We don't argue against flesh and blood. Flesh and blood does not reveal Christ as who he is. That means our best arguments can't get the job done. Our best theologians can't get the job done. Our greatest educated and eloquent speakers without the Holy Ghost. See, the prayerlessness of preachers tells me, just should tell you, that we're not depending on the Holy Spirit. We're depending on our ability, our education, our eloquence, our, our presentation, our, our ability to, to organize and put on a great presentation on Sunday morning. The God of this world doesn't fear that. The only thing He fears is the anointing that breaks the yoke, that opens the blinded eyes so people can see the kingdom of God. Listen to me carefully. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. For He has anointed me to set the captive free. To set at liberty those that are bruised. To open the eyes of the blind. And before you even think about physical blindness, I want you to understand the context of what Jesus is saying. He's saying the God of this world has blinded everybody in this world. But I have been anointed to open the eyes, say it with me, of the spiritually blind. Amen. 
Preachers that aren't praying do not believe that they need that that only God can grant because they're good at it. We're so good at it. I remember when, when I, I, I didn't know what, what to preach or how to preach, but I knew I was called to preach. So I preached anyway. <laughs> I remember getting off from Tampa Electric before I went into full-time ministry. And I remember asking my wife to drive to church out on Sitka Street where I was going to preach. I had worked all day at Tampa Electric. I was tired. I was, I was worn out working out in this heat and then coming home wore out and then headed for church. And I remember opening the glove box of the car, the glove compartment. My wife is driving, and I'm frantically looking through. Back then, without glasses, I could read one of those little Gideon New Testaments by the glove box light. That little dim light. And I'm, frant- I'm praying, oh Lord, give me, give me, the, give me, because I've been busy all day. I had to take care of responsibilities. I got to have my mind on my work because I'm setting poles and hanging transformers as an equipment operator for Tampa Electric. I can get somebody killed, get me killed if I'm not focused. So I can't be praying all day and, and reading all day and studying all day. I remember some people I used to ask to preach and they took a day off from work. They had to study all day, pray all day, and seek all day. I didn't have all day. I had 30 minutes after I got my shower, got in the car. Lord, give me a message. Give me a message. And I'm in there looking, and I'm searching, and I'm seeking. And I would preach a message that I thought, boy, I wish I could preach that over. Because I just didn't do it justice. But I felt like God gave it to me. And you know what would happen back at the old holy church of God? Hallelujah. Somebody had come to know Jesus as their Savior. And then I've seen the kids on the back row. You know how kids are. They're not interested in the preaching. Come on. How many was ever a kid? Can you say amen? Before you became an adult. Let me see again. Oh, some of you are still kids. I get it. I get it. Okay. I see. Hallelujah. Amen. They were not interested. But I would look up, I'd be praying for somebody up front, adults, and I'd look up and here comes some 10-year-olds and 12-year-olds with tears running down their cheeks. And I said, I didn't have a puppet ministry uh, to illustrate some point and pray God would bring some kids in. We didn't go to camp and, and sing Goombaya or Kumbaya or however you sing it around a, around a fire while eating hot dogs and somebody come under conviction. This is, this is, we've been praying for the adults and here come the kids. Here come kids down to the altar. I baptized some of those kids. I baptized a 10-year-old kid that got saved in one of those services after the service. And all those years passed. And I was down one time because, you know, not seeing all that I wanted to see for God and wondering what it all meant. And you know how you can kind of get discouraged? And I was kind of discouraged. And I got a letter in the mail And it said, Pastor Venable, I am one of those children you baptized at the Holy Church of God. I now have children of my own. I live in Indianapolis, Indiana. I am the youth director in our church. And I just wanted to tell you that I got the foundation under me to come to Christ and follow Christ in one of those Holy Ghost services. At the Holy Church of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 And man, Brother Taylor. 
I said, Lord, you're doing things that I can't see, that I don't know about, but there's got to be power in the gospel. There's got to be something occurring in the heavenlies when you pray over it. And I found out the reason that God was blessing me when I couldn't preach near as good because I prayed a lot more than I prayed when I got better at preaching. And when I preached that message that I hadn't really saturated in prayer, that was one of them great messages. I mean, one of those messages so good, you know, I can't wait to hear what I'm going to say next. One of those kind of messages. And I think, boy, we're going to have a revival. We're going to see people saved. We're going to see people delivered and even some people lifted up in this. Oh, we're going to see God move because God showed me this. He told me, oh, look at that. Wait till they get, wait till they get a load of me. Preach that message and then nothing hardly happened. And then trace it back. Did you saturate it with prayer? I used to sit up to three in the morning because I was bivocational studying the scripture for Sunday morning. One night I was just getting worn out. Couldn't think. Everything was muddled. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, you won't have to stay up so late to get the message if you'll prepare the messenger." And when 15 minutes a week is all many pastors are praying, the messenger, regardless of his theological training, his eloquence and his personability, the messenger is not prepared. Because he's dealing with something more than the minds of men. He's dealing with powers and principalities and the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. And until he's able to intercede effectively, we're not going to see kids coming to Christ. We're not going to see that. We're going to see kids entertained, but we're not going to see them coming to Christ. I'm going to tell you something about your children. They need to know Jesus very early. The devil is not going to wait until they're 16, 18, and 21. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. They need to come to Jesus. Oh, He won't wait. He will call the children to Himself. Can you say amen? Because if the devil is not going to wait till he makes his move. Listen to me carefully. He's not going to wait. He's not going to wait. He's going to make His move. But God is ready to make His move as well. Hallelujah. But we got to understand our argument is not with flesh and blood, but powers and principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places and the rulers of the darkness of this world. Some of you have seen ministries that is based on the head as the target. You come out knowing more than you knew, but you didn't know Him and you didn't know how to overcome. You didn't know because the devil, amen, is a blinder of the mind until it's illuminated by the Holy Spirit. David Wilkerson, and i got to hurry, but David Wilkerson, he pastored a little Assembly of God church. Church was happy with him. He was happy with the church. He said, I was sitting watching some MGM musical on a Saturday night because, you know, you preach for 30 minutes, everything goes off without a hitch, but nobody's getting saved, nobody's getting delivered. But, you know, we're having a good time at church. The church is happy with it. I'm happy. But God wasn't happy. And he said, I remember watching a chorus line in this MGM musical and and I was being entertained on a Saturday night. 
and said, the Lord spoke to me and said, if you want your ministry to bear fruit, you're going to have to get before me and intercede. And you're going to have to pray for my will, and you're going to have to pray for the lost. You're going to have to deal with the spiritual forces that are making you satisfied. Every church member is satisfied with worship without understanding what it is. Whether it pleases God or not, it pleases us. And it looks good, and it feels good. The average church member revival. Oh boy, this guy's coming. They're going to have special music. We're going to have this guy. He's going to speak. And oh, he speaks so wonderfully. Amen. Nobody's convicted. Nobody confesses sin. Nobody's life has changed. But we had five days of fun at church. We called it revival. And that's, I've had pastors approach me and say, let's have a revival. I thought, what, do you understand what you're saying? Let's have a revival. Does that mean we're going to come and, and speak and nobody be changed? Nobody gets, oh, it's supposed to happen in revival. We know what's supposed to happen, but we, we don't seem to mind if it don't happen. Can you imagine pastors dealing with what the Bible said we're up against 15 minutes a week? Do you understand why the church on every corner and we're not seeing it affect the nation? We're seeing evil like we've never seen it. We're seeing sin like we've never seen it. I'm not just talking about sin in the world. I'm talking about sin in the church and in the pulpit. David Wilkerson said, I turned off the TV. I took a rug from the kitchen. And I went into, turned everything else off. I spread that rug out in a place where nobody frequented in the house, some little room. The Bible calls it a closet. When you pray, enter into your closet. Not your literal closet, but a place where you are not disturbed. Can you say, man, where there's nobody there but you and God? Nobody to see but God, nobody to hear but God. He got down on his hands and knees and began to pray, Lord, use me. Let me touch the lost. Save the lost at any cost. And the Lord began to move in him, and he ended up sleeping in his car in New York City, where God sent him when the gangs were really tough in New York City. And he was preaching to people so bound up by the devil that if he didn't have an intercessory prayer line, the police woke him up one morning. Because he was asleep in his car down in a neighborhood in New York City where the gangs were. And they told him, man, are you crazy? People get mugged out here. People get robbed out here. People get killed out here. You shouldn't be out here. And he began to preach on street corners going from a successful assembly of God to the street corners preaching Jesus in New York City. Back in the day. And a young man came up to him. His name is Nicky Cruz, and he's a preacher today. They didn't have a lot of weapons, so they had broken the antennas off of cars when they had the pull-up antennas, sharpened the ends of them, and made them into something they could stick you with, like a shiv. His mama was a practicing witch. 
His daddy was a practicing warlock, a male witch. They came out of witchcraft. He was raised in witchcraft. Can you imagine the spiritual forces that were binding and blinding him? And he came to David Wilkerson and he took that sharpened shiv and said, I could cut you in a thousand pieces. And Dave said, see the anointing came on David, but he was prayed up. And if you're going to do this, you need to be prayed up. When I preached in jail, I prayed up. I'm going to tell you right now. They took my blood type before I went in and put a tag on me. I had to wear a bracelet with my blood type. And I thought, what, what, you know, what, what? <laughs> because I wasn't preaching to the nice ones on, 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 on Sunday when they let a chaplain come in. I was preaching to the bad ones, anybody. They broke the cells, let them come to my Bible study. And the guards left, and they left me all alone. I said, now I know why they took my blood type. And I also had to sign a waiver saying, if you're taken hostage, do you clearly understand we do not deal with people holding you hostage? In other words, if we do, it'll put everybody that comes in here in jeopardy, including the guards. I signed the waiver, got my blood type bracelet on, went in there to preach the gospel. And I went in just a little different than I did when I come to talk to you guys on Sunday morning. I still pray, but there's, you know, there's praying and then there's praying. Amen. Amen. And I, yeah, I was a little concerned. Amen. In fact, I was scared. Amen. I'm going to go beyond concern. And when, oh, 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 don't get me wrong. Faith can work. Fear can can be a stimulant for faith. Noah, the eighth from Adam, moved by fear, by faith, built an ark. Can you say, man? God said that judgment's coming. I don't want it to hit me. I want to be in a place of safety. And by faith, I'm going to build an ark so I can be safe. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. God kept me safe. So Nicky Cruz hated what Dave was saying. He hated Dave. He hated the gospel. He hated church. He hated Christians. His only point of reference was the darkness he was raised in. And Dave was preaching and not one convert. And he was, you know, you just preach. You just preach. God sent me. I prayed about it. And I'm here. And I'm preaching where he sent me. And Nicky Cruz walked up to him. And he was getting ready to close. He had preached. Nothing had happened. He's getting ready to close that service. And Nicky Cruz walked up to him and said, Hey, preach, you're coming through. Don't stop. You're coming through. What happened? Through intercessory prayer, the God of this world that had bound and blinded his mind, amen, the scales begin to fall. And when he heard the gospel, he didn't just hear words. He saw the reality. He saw the truth. Oh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to do what? 
to open just the physical blind eyes of Bartimaeus and the guy that washed in the pool of Siloam? No, to open the blind eyes of a world that the God, that, that the God of this world has blinded. Can you say amen? And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of those very strongholds in the mind. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Casting down what? Imaginations. Amen. What else does it do? Amen. And every high thing, every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Can you say amen? Flesh and blood did not reveal the gospel unto you. But my Father, He's the one that did it. And upon this revelation of the Holy Spirit, that's how the church, the true church, the saved, hallelujah, that have been born again and born from above and regenerated by the Holy Spirit, the saved. I'm not talking about lost church members, amen, practicing dead religion. I'm talking about the saved, hallelujah. The gates of hell cannot prevail against them. Because what they have, they have by the revelation of the Holy Spirit and they have by the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. And if any man be in Christ, he wasn't just intellectually convinced, amen, of something. He doesn't just give mental assent or consent, amen. He has been touched by the anointing itself. And when the anointing comes, as someone is preaching, you have no need that any man teach you. That means, and yet there's people anointed to be teachers. But man in and of himself cannot do what only the Holy Spirit can. He can only bring you the correct words. The Holy Spirit's the only one that can give you the rhema. The word, all of the Bible, all of the words that are in this book is the logos. That's the word of God right here. This is the eternal word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but this logos... This word will abide forever. But when he gets off that page and into your heart, personally, it's not just words anymore. It's revelation. Rhema. Flesh and blood. Howbeit, you have no need that any man teach you. Just a man trying to do it in and of himself. And you trying to receive it just because a man said it. No. No. They got rhema. When they went to Jacob's well. I got to hurry. They got rhema. For themselves. The woman came with the correct words about Jesus. Come and see a man that told me everything I ever did. My life has been changed. I've tasted living water. She went to her village. She had five husbands living out of wedlock. And preached effectively. Through her testimony. They saw such a change in her and so convinced of her words, they went out to hear Him. She couldn't do it. Only He could do it. It wasn't about her. It was about Him. And when they heard Him at Jacob's well, they came back and they saw the woman that told them about Him, convinced them to go hear Him. And they said, We believed initially enough to go out and hear him because of thy saying. But that's not enough to get saved. 
That's not enough to know him and know that you know who he is. Amen. Church isn't built on what some professor of religion or theology has said. It's built on the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And that's why the gates of hell, all, all of those arrayed hierarchy of demon forces and devils cannot, cannot defeat the church that God is building by the revelation of His Spirit. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If all you got was religion, it's all in your head. And that's why so many people can come and get baptized. But when they get out in the world, amen, as the proverb is true, the dog returns to his vomit. He throws it up and then he goes back and eats what he threw up. But if you ever get a revelation, you cannot know so much. But if you ever get a revelation from God, I don't care where you go, how long you live, you can never unknow. Can you say, man, you can go back to the bar, but you're going to have a bad feeling sitting on that stool. Can you say, man, it ain't going to be the same. You can continue to sin. It just ain't going to be fun no more. Can you say, oh yeah, for the flesh for a minute, but after you're going to be so convicted. Amen. It's not going to be satisfied. No. Why? Because you're a new creation. You're a new creation. You're a new creation. Something has transpired spiritually, not just intellectually and religiously, but spiritually. When we see Jesus anointed to open the eyes of the blind, we think immediately of Bartimaeus and other blind people physically. We don't think of the spiritual blindness. And that's why pastors whose target is the head of people instead of the heart, who don't know nothing about spiritual warfare. Because if they did, it'd take more than 15 minutes to get ready. Preparation would require more than 15 minutes of prayer. Amen? So when God told me, "You, you need to do more than prepare the message, you need to prepare the messenger. And if you prepare the messenger, I can give you the message like that hallelujah can you say amen hallelujah 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 there's been times i come in just like this morning i thought where i was going i marked it here i thought that was the message amen i really did and it's a good message and i'd love to preach it sometime but now is not the time and this is not the place hallelujah but ephesians 16 is the message can you say man opening the blinded eye is the message hallelujah listen it is not just for the lost to get saved it's for the saved to get victory Oh, let me hurry and close. It's for the saved to get victory. You see, you need a revelation. You have no need that any man teach you. See, if it's just you believe it because they said it. This is what they told the woman at the well. We believe because of thy saying. But now we have heard him for ourself. Now we don't just believe because you said so, but because he said so. And when he said it, it's revelation. The words that I speak, Christ said are what? What are they? Are they just words to bring knowledge to the head? No, revelation to the heart and the life and the spirit. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Can you say amen? Resurrection power is in those words. The opening of the spiritually blind eye is in those words. 
Hallelujah. We heard him for ourselves. And listen to this. Once Rama comes, then it's not trying to decide to figure out, well, I used to believe in Jesus, now I believe in this. I used to believe in that, but now I believe in this. No. No. It's solidified. It's Christianized. Glory to God. Nothing can shake it. They can come to your door and sell their doctrine, even if you let them in and listen, which you ought not do. But even if you did, it wouldn't change a thing. You'd be telling them about Jesus instead of listening to them about their doctrine. Can you say amen? Isn't that right, Ruth? We'd tell them, wouldn't we? Of course, they're not going to get in, but we'd tell them if they did. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. And I won't back down. No, I won't back down. You can stand me up against the gates of hell. And I won't back down. Hallelujah. we got to get a won't back down attitude. You need to know by revelation. Not because you heard that preacher say it, but because you've seen it for yourself. Hallelujah. You need to know who you are in Jesus Christ. And you need to know who Christ is in you. Can you say amen? And you need to know that you have power. And that you have delegated authority to use the name of Jesus to accomplish the will of God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In my name. With all of those things that we're up against. Put the armor on and in my name you will tread on serpents. You will cast out devils. Hallelujah. Amen. And not just cast them out of people. But cast the blindness from their eyes. I'm anointed, Jesus said, to open the eyes of the blind. If you're saved today, that has occurred. That had to occur. That had to occur before you could even get saved. You had to see your lost condition. You had to see that Jesus is the Son of the living God. Who is He that overcomes the world? This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, that body of truth received by revelation. Not just faith to believe, but faith to see and understand. That body of truth revealed by the Holy Spirit, the faith, Who is he that overcometh? But he that believes that Jesus is what? The Son of God. How many believe Jesus is the Son of God? You know what Jesus told Peter? Flesh and blood didn't convince you of that. You heard flesh and blood preach it. You heard flesh and blood teach it. But that's not why you're convinced. You're convinced because the Holy Spirit showed it to you personally. Can you say amen? And upon this rock... Oh, hallelujah. I do still believe in rock and roll. My feet are on the rock. My name's on the roll. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. It's sinking sand. But on Christ, not a denominational structure, not the education of a preacher, but on Jesus Christ, the solid rock I stand. Why? Because all other ground is nothing but sinking sand. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 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 How many again believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Flesh and blood did not reveal that. You heard it, but God showed it to you. You heard it, but the Holy Spirit showed it to you. The scales came off of your eyes. Hallelujah! You didn't just get religion. You got salvation. 
How many know you're going to heaven? How do you know? Because you've got a revelation and a realization. His Spirit, it's all spiritual. His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And here we go into the fifth closing. Hallelujah. The fifth and final, hopefully, for your sake. Hallelujah. God is so great and He's so good today. Preachers that pray 15 minutes. And they have, you can go to the Christian bookstore and you can get the appropriate outlines. You can get 52 Sundays. And you don't have to study anymore. You don't been to Bible college and you know what the professors have to say about everything. Do you know there's a church that used to be a church affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention? There's a huge church in Texas that this week in Charisma Magazine, I think it was Ben Charisma and Christianity Today, or one of the two. This week, they have decided to ordain ministers and to authorize marriages that God's Word condemns. God's Word clearly condemns. says it will bring judgment on those people, judgment on that church. And the reason they said they did it is because we can get more people to come in and hear about Jesus. Remember what Jesus said to those people that had the wrong gospel? You can pass land and sea to make one proselyte. You're very evangelistic. You're very... Uh, you're very evangelical. You will go out and try to get people. And a proselyte means someone that's converted to your belief system. That's all it is. Convert you to their belief system. I'm not trying to convert you to my belief system, but to my Jesus. Can you say, man, my Christ, my Savior, my Sovereign, and my King. Oh, by the way, He just happens to be my belief system. What happened to your Paul? Carpet- oh, I thought she said copper tone. I thought, you don't need no copper tone. <laughs> carpal tunnel. Carpal tunnel. I love you. I made you smile. Hallelujah. Isn't it good to know Christ today? To know that you 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 know. And to know that you know it by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And to know that the gates of hell can't prevail against the church and we are the church. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And to know that we have the power to pray for others that the scales fall off. Hey, preacher coming through. That means that Nikki Cruz, out of that background, saw the truth of the gospel saw Jesus as the son of the living God and he came very shortly after that and many gang members with him out of the occult and out of the gang into the kingdom of God and became a defender of the gospel a preacher and proclaimer of the gospel and teen challenge came out of that kind of intercession and that kind of breakthrough teen challenge is going on Dave Wilkerson is home with the Lord but teen challenge is going on and I know people personally right now whose sons have got involved in teen challenge who were addicted to drugs and messed up and they're coming out of all of that and they're committing to follow Jesus Christ and I've seen what God can do when somebody understands our argument brother Taylor our is not with flesh and blood 
And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And the mighty Holy Ghost is ready. He's ready. He's ready. He's ready to move. Amen. Howbeit you have no need that any man teach you. For we have an unction. We have an unction. One lady got delivered from drugs and said, God, an unction from a gumption so I can function. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. That's this, this word unction. You know what it means in the Greek? We have a special anointing. We have, oh, it's not just a liver shiver. It's not just goose pimples. It is the ability to have the Holy Spirit show us things. Amen. Everything the Father has, Jesus said, is mine. But when He comes, when He comes, when He comes, He's going to take of mine and He's going to show it unto you. Can, he's going to communicate it to you. Can you say, man, you're going to know who you are. You're going to know who He is. You're going to know who I am. You're going to know what you have in me. Can you say, man? You're going to be a threat to the devil. Hallelujah. And a force for God in the world. You're going to be light. You're going to be salt. You're going to be my witnesses. Witnesses unto me. I love... Did you put it on there? You did. One of the words for witness is martyrs. Does that mean that all, all of you are going to be killed? All of us are going to be killed? No. It means when we lay down our life for the sake of the gospel and the kingdom, that life is going to be now in the hands of Almighty God. Hallelujah. And, and, oh, and He's going to slip His hand into our life like me putting my hand in a glove. And He's going to do things. Can you say, man, that He wants done? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. All I, the glove don't take no credit for what the hand is doing in it. But the glove has to let somebody put their hand in it for, for anything to occur that is beyond the glove's ability. Hallelujah. 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 That's why Jesus said, I cast out devils by the finger of God. You need to quit arguing with those people. You need to quit your fussing and start interceding. Hallelujah. You need to quit thinking that you are smart enough, good enough. Hallelujah. Even anointed enough in and of yourself to just win somebody to Jesus. Amen. You need to pray. You need to pray. You need to pray. I need to pray that the scales fall off of the eyes of your lost loved ones that the scales fall off the eyes of church people that are satisfied without revival Amen. That the scales will fall off of the eyes of preachers who think they preach good enough that they don't need to pray and bind the enemy and pray for the people to see what they're saying hallelujah The deadness is awful. The deadness is awful. The spiritual blindness. The people seeking higher offices in the church to be recognized for their spirituality instead of seeking to be humble, devoted servants of Jesus Christ. So we need a revival. We must have a revival. If I didn't believe in revival, I would not be here today. I would not waste my time or God's time. 
And if God didn't believe in revival and challenge us to be revived, he wouldn't give these messages to me. I would bring you a good biblical message. We'd keep it in a tight context. I'd tell you about your Paul. Amen. Did you hear about the cat that went into the saloon in the Old West? You didn't? You're going to. Cat walks into a saloon in the West. His front foot's all bandaged up. He said, I'm looking for the man that shot my paw. Think about it. Just think about it. Anyway, it'll be all right. When you get home, the Lord, the Lord will give you a revelation. We could just have a good time and go home and say, I've been to church. But we didn't know what real worship was yet. And we didn't know how to truly pray for the lost yet. Amen? Amen? Fifteen minutes preparing to do battle with the powers and principalities, rulers of all of the darkness of this world. Oh, praise God. I'm praying that the scales will fall. I'm praying that the eyes blind, spiritual eyes will see. Can you say, man, if a guy with that many demons and devils in him and in his family can say you're coming through, I see it. I see it. Don't stop preaching, Dave. I see it. I see it. I see it. And come to Christ and carry on the gospel. Hallelujah. If God can save Nikki Cruz, He can save your flaky relatives. Can you say? I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean they're blind and they're bound and they're messed up, toe up from the flow up. Amen. And they don't want to listen to you or me or nobody else. Amen. But one day, the hound of heaven, the hound of heaven. I say it with deep respect, the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. When He, when He, the Spirit of truth has come, He's here. He's been here for a little over 2,000 years. Hallelujah. When He, the Spirit of truth, everybody say the Spirit of truth. When He comes... Hallelujah. See, that unction, that unction means a special anointing to know the truth. It's in the context of separating the Antichrist from Jesus Christ and the spirit of the Antichrist from the truth about Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You don't need a man to help you figure this out. You've got an unction. You've got an anointing. Like my wife said, we were green as the grass. We didn't have a theological background and we hadn't been in a good Sunday school department and we didn't know much about Bible study. I thought, I thought, I thought Job was Job and I thought Malachi was Malachi. I might as well have thought that the, the epistles were the wives of the apostles for all I knew. Can you say amen? I didn't know much about the Bible, but I had an unction, Brother Taylor. I got really saved and I had an unction. I had an unction from the Holy One. And when we got into something that wasn't right, we couldn't even theologically tell you what was wrong with it. But that, that unction in us said, go home. Get away from this. Go home. We called our pastor and our pastor said, prove all things and hold that past that is good. He couldn't make a call on it. Our pastor could our pastor couldn't tell us it was wrong. But we knew it was wrong without him telling us because the Lord was telling us. And we began to open the Bible, and guess what? The Spirit of Truth showed us in the Word what was wrong. 
when we saw it in the Word, we said, Pastor, don't have to tell us no more. We've seen it in the Word. Hallelujah. Praise God. Pastor got sucked into it. His wife got sucked into it. They had to apologize and come out of it, but we didn't get near it no more. You have an unction, a special anointing to know truth. By the Holy Spirit. That's why the gates of hell and all that the minions of hell can't prevail against the church that's built on the revelation that God gives through the Holy Spirit about Jesus Christ. Will you stand to your feet today? Hallelujah. 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 That's why Paul said, you know something? I didn't get this from the other apostles. As holy as they are, as appointed as they are, and as anointed they are. For the space of three years, I didn't talk to nobody about nothing. (laughs) He said two weeks out of those three years, Peter came and we had fellowship for two weeks out of three years. He wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. Where in the world did he get it? Well, he didn't get it in the world. He got it by revelation. Hallelujah. Holy men wrote as they were moved. And he got it so deep within him and so personal and precise. Peter, his senior, who was saved and preaching while he was persecuting the church before he came to Christ. When Peter got in error, guess who stood up and said, Peter, you're getting it wrong here. The Apostle Paul. He withstood him to the face, for he was what? He was to be blamed. And and not just a, I'm not just giving kudos to Peter. I'm giving some kudos. I mean to Paul. I'm giving kudos. I'm giving kudos to Peter. Because Peter so loved the truth, he was willing to let that junior man confront him and listen to it and repent and get back on track and continued on track until the day that he died. Thank God for that kind of humility. There are preachers that are so filled rich and filled with pride, you couldn't talk to them about anything at all. Amen. But there are preachers that said it's in, if it's in the Bible, I meet with a Baptist preacher for five years. He don't understand a lot of things. He came here. He don't understand a lot of things. But he said, even though I don't understand it, and this is my background, it's in the Bible. He always goes back to the Bible. And I said, man, you're something else. God's going to talk to you. God's going to show you some things. God's going to work in your life. Because you're saying, if it's in the Bible, if it's in the Bible, I don't, I don't, I don't worry about what my denomination teaches anymore. I don't worry about what I, I, I... If it's in the Bible, if you can show it to me in the Scriptures, praise God, then I'm going to grab a hold of it. Hallelujah. Well, I expect Him to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I expect him to preach under the anointed of Almighty God. And I expect him to get a kingdom, a kingdom culture that says God is bigger than my denominational structure. Can you say, man, hallelujah. Wow. How many want to have your blinded eye opened? That anything that you don't see, that you begin to see. Anything you need to see that... God can show it to you in the Word of God. The Spirit of truth is here. And He will guide you into all truth. Everything the Father has belongs to me, Jesus said. But when He comes, it won't be just mine anymore. 
He's going to take of mine, which is what everything the Father, and He's going to do what? He's going to show it to you. Eye has not seen, physical eye, ear, physical ear has not heard. It's never entered into the mind of man physically. What God, don't, don't think about mansions. Get your mind, this is nothing about heaven. This is nothing about mansions. Come on. We could take it out of the context and apply it and it would be biblically true. But this is not about heaven. It's about the Holy Spirit and revelation that the church is in desperate need of today. And the Christian is in desperate need of today. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It's never entered into the heart of man what God hath prepared for them that love Him. But the, the Lord hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. When's the last time you picked up the Bible and it became 3D? When is the last time you picked up the Bible and it became a pop-up book? You ever seen a pop-up book? You're reading about the dragon and the princess. You open the door and a big castle pops up. You open the next page and the dragon pops up. Just standing out. I'll tell you, when you open the Bible with the Holy Ghost after you've been praying, amen, you'll pick up a scripture you've read 150 times. And all of a sudden it just gets off the page, past your head, and drops right into your heart. And faith just jumps up. Hallelujah. Praise God. And you just stand up. Praise God because it stands out to you. It's coming. I believe we're going to, I believe this last day with such spiritual blindness in the world and in the church, I believe we're going to see a breakthrough of revelation. You're going to be sitting there and something is going to come into your heart and the faith you didn't think you had is going to rise up in you and a warrior is going to rise up where a wimp was stood. Can you say man? And courage is going to come up where a coward once lived. Can you say man? And hell is going to start trembling. When you wake up, demons are going to say, oh my goodness, they're awake. They're awake. Because if they're awake, they can intercede. If they're awake, they can proclaim the Word of God. If they're awake, they can bind and they can loose. Can you say, man? Anoint your eyes with thy salve so you can see. Hallelujah. The reason that church was in such trouble started with one thing. You're not just poor, miserable, and naked because you don't have great preaching and Bibles and religion. You're that way because you're blind. And He came knocking on the door of the blind, bound church. And said, I'm anointed to open those blind eyes so you can see your condition. And you can see the need for repentance. And you can see how willing God is to restore what the thief has defrauded you out of and taken from you. And you can see my kingdom and not just the kingdoms of this world. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. 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 Will you join hands? Let's believe God today. I'm passionate, I'm fervent. Because the messenger has prepared. 
Hallelujah. And he's wanting to open some eyes of people right in this room. I'm going to give you fair warning. This is a disclaimer. You get your eyes open, you can't sit in a dead church much longer. You can't go through the religious ritual that you're satisfied with. There'll be something in you that says, I know there's more than this. I know there's more to God than this. There's more to following Christ than this. There's more to winning victory than just watching the choir sing and listening to the tired old preacher preach something that is in the Bible that I probably heard in Sunday school anyway. Amen? Something that makes you quit looking at your watch on Sunday morning because you're so caught up in the revelation and realization of God's presence and power. You don't want it to end. Hallelujah. You ain't got nowhere to go better than sitting at Jesus' feet. Hallelujah. How many need a stirring in your heart? How many need, believe we need a revival? Beginning with us, before we, before we condemn anybody or point the finger at anybody. How many believe the world needs to have their eyes opened so they can see? We're about ready to have an election. Blind people are going to make the wrong choice again. Do you understand that? Christians, Christians can't even, you have to be blind if you can't figure this out. If you can't open your Bible and figure out who to vote for, you don't need me to tell you. You need your eyes opened. Can you say, man? Oh, yeah, you need need your eyes opened. You have to be blind to do what we're doing. And it's the church. Make no mistake about it. If the church didn't vote for this temporary world and the stuff, and if they voted something... That would impact the kingdom of God itself. Not that a man can make a change. But I'll tell you what. A man can bring a curse on a nation. If the nation follows the man. And the man runs sideways with God. Can you say man? And I pray that something's going to occur. I don't see a man out there that can change nothing. But I serve a God who can. And it's not dark Africa. Hallelujah. It's not the USSR. It's not China. There's a revival in China. You can give out Bibles in Red Square today, but you can't give them out at the University of South Florida. Do you understand what I'm saying? 20,000 people a day are coming to Christ in China. The persecuted churches went underground, but she ain't she ain't running from the devil. She's alive and well. Hallelujah. And a culture is being impacted and they're running scared in China. Amen. Of this church of true Christians that are rising up. South America, the born-again rate has superseded the birth rate. Churches go from 500 to 5,000 in less than a year through conversions in South America. You know who the candidate for revival is? It's America. Hallelujah. Satisfied. America. Carnal. America. Materialistic. America. Preachers that their, their buildings and their offerings and their automobiles and their watches and clothes are their success symbols. Not the deliverance of people. Hallelujah. Not the 
the salvation of souls, not the healing of the sick, not the deliverance of the captives. Devil can sit on the front row and never tremble until you get confronted with the anointing and the truth. Hallelujah. Oh God, revive us. Revive us again that we may rejoice in Thee. Hallelujah. Revive us again that we may what? Rejoice in Thee. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mekalabasitianda. Kolobarosha lamanetia. Kendarabasandaraba. Netarabasitia. Hallelujah. Have you queued up some? Let's just worship a moment. Let's just worship a moment. Last week I said something, and I heard my brother Couch say something back to me. I said, if I retired from pastoring because of 42 years of it and 70 years old coming up in a year and four months, if I retired from pastoring, not preaching, I'd be real picky where I went to church. I'd want to get in a church where I knew somebody's going to tell me the truth on Sunday morning. If you're going to, if you're going to water it down, you don't want me there. I ain't going to give you a dime to not tell me the truth. Amen. I want you to challenge me. Amen. This world pulling me toward it. I want somebody to pull me toward God. Amen. If I got sin in my life, I want somebody to nail it. Don't have to expose me personally. Just nail it. Come on, if you've got sin in your life in this church, it ain't going to be comfortable. You say, Brother Brother, I'm waiting for it to get better. It ain't going to get better until you confess your sin and get right with God. Then it'll get better. That burden will be lifted. Until then, this is a tough place to come to church. Can you say amen? I'd be looking for a church like that. And from what I understand, they're hard to find. I said, I would be picky. Brother Cal said, well, why don't you just stay here? Praise God. Amen. I'm serious. We're little and we ain't got a lot to crow about, but we got a God who shows up on Sunday morning and He speaks to us by His Word and by His Holy Spirit and He calls us to revival. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 